Welcome to the latest episode of Connected Tech, a podcast where the E and D may or may not stand for Elizabeth and Daryl. Welcome back to Connected Tech, season two, episode seven. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm Daryl. We've got an exciting show for you today, and we've got an in-person guest. The second Hi. time in the history of the podcast, we've had an in-person guest. Jake Miller was the first, mm-hmm. and the Danielle. Danny George is the second, and we're, we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes. But first, anything new to report, Daryl? Anything going on in your life? No, you, you tell me. <laughs> What's, what happened over there? It looks like Wonder Woman had fun over there. Your Wonder, side Woman, of the table. Wonder Woman's always having fun. She's kind of, she's like, a, I don't know. She's like, she's epic. She's always having epic fun. That's what Wonder Woman does. knocked over my mug. <laughs> what just happened? I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. Would you like to take a sip of your coffee over there? <laughs> Okay, so I didn't want to bring this up, but since you did, on the way in this morning, um, I was trying to carry this coffee mug, a bucket, a tub of things, uh, Coke Zero, my bag, all these things without a cart, and ended up dropping the mug on the ground outside and shattered into pieces. Which my wife worked so hard she to vinyl. I felt kind of bad. Felt bad for spring. Well, it's because you were so excited because you knew who our guest was. I yes. was That's why. Shaken. So right. excited. I was shaken because Danielle, uh, we go way back. Yes. Yeah. I met Danielle for the first time about four years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. She's actually a hometown Kingwood, Texas girl. Yes. What, what? Yeah. Graduated from Kingwood High School. Mm-hmm. 2017. 2017. Yep. Born raised in Kingwood. Born in the Kingwood Hospital. Uh, wow. Since I went to Arizona for school, but I'm back just for a little bit to say hello. Yeah, she's a big part of the AV program at Kingwood High School. Shout out to AV, Kingwood mm-hmm. High School. And um, that's kind of how we connected with her. But she's done a lot of stuff since then. Mm-hmm. So Arizona State University. Yeah, so um, I ended up going out to Arizona mostly just because they had good scholarship money. And it was cheaper than actually going in state to Texas schools. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I decided to do that and also just new experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, was actually going for film initially from my experiences with Kingwood AV. Um, have since switched, but kind of found love. I'm still in content creation, so I'm so happy to be here. I love you guys are doing a podcast for this kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we love it too. We're just, you know, so we, the struggle's <laughs> real sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> but we've gone a long way. Yes. And I learned a few things today. How to set up the light. Yeah, three-point lighting three, setup. Three-point lighting setup. <laughs> it only took us a year to get it right and and Danny to be in the studio with us to get it right but we thank you for all the tips of course we take pictures so we remember what to do next Mm -hmm. time Kingwood AB taught me well yay so you're getting ready to graduate from college yes so I'm as credit wise about like a semester and a half away from graduating so I'm 20 years old right now going on 21 Um, I'm currently like a junior and a half so I'm finishing my fall semester soon um, I'm currently a digital culture major at ASU, and my current title in regards to esports is I am the vice president of ASU Esports Association. Um, we have over 1,600 members within our Discord. That 1,600. Yes. In your Discord. Yeah. So our oh Discord is kind of where we have all of our stuff because it's a lot of people. We also have ASU online students. So I think our last check was about 1,600 people. Um, our events can run anywhere from 100 to 400. For those of you don't, who don't know what a Discord is, it's yes. like a gamer chat, right? Yeah, so it's basically like if Skype got beefed up 
and had better features. So, uh, yeah, so Discord is basically where a lot of esports lives online. If it's not in person, there's a lot of giveaways and updates and community pages for anything under the sun. That's awesome. And you brought some swag with you. Some, yes. Some things. Can you kind of tell us, walk through some of, some of these things we have on the Yes, of course. So this is part of my nerd shelf. I have two nerd shelves right now, one in Arizona and one back home. Um, so kind of going through, so one of my first games that I ever were truly fell in love with was Minecraft. You might not be able to see it, but it's this lovely vinyl disc. Um, I love vinyls as well. And then Portal was the first game that I really die hard playing trying to speedrun. Still can't speedrun it. It takes me like 18 hours to finish the game. Um, there's some lanyards here from the events that I've gone to, from BlizzCon to DreamHack to Comic-Con, which was here, um, in George mm-hmm. R. Brown. Um, Nintendo Switch provided by the lovely. Switch. Oh yes, I still have, I have one of my own. Um, and then this one right here, hopefully the mic doesn't pick this up, was actually it is the Overwatch Collegiate Championship sponsored by Fiesta Bowl and Tespa. So this was actually the first event in esports that I attended. So can we go into a little bit about that? And you, yeah, did you? Were you a player? You were, oh you no, competed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> no. I'm not good at games. That's why I manage people. (laughs) Um, So, um, for me, esports is more of a managerial kind of creation side Mm -hmm. of things. So, I guess this is a later question. I'll go into it now. So, please, please do. Esports isn't just for players and people that like to game. Though most people in the industry do have some kind of love for games, whether it's Portal and Minecraft or Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. So, for me, there's a lot of work to be done and video creation, audiovisual stuff. There's also people that do finance, they do business, they do partnership, managerial stuff, they do sponsorship decks, they do player management, people management, sponsorship recognition. So there's really so much to do in esports and people find their niches of just what they love to do and what they love to create, um, which is why I love esports because nothing's ever sedentary. If I decided that I wanted to go do something else, I could learn. But right now I do mostly content creation, which is why I was helping with the the lighting systems today. But so this was actually um, in Arizona. Shout out Arizona State and Tespa. So Tespa is um, one of the collegiate organizers for um, collegiate gaming. So there's multiple. There's NACL. There's Tespa and a couple of others that run the events that we have. Um, I know there is a national high school league that's being developed as well um, for stuff like that. But basically, they help run championship leagues for our students. And this year, Fiesta Bowl sponsored it, which was really cool. Wow. Um, and I basically had no idea what was going on, <laughs> to say, Frank. Um, I kind of just showed up and wanted to work and basically begged people to let me help. And I put up posters. I threw out giveaways, at, like halftime stuff, and kind of fell in love with the industry from that. Awesome. So, have you guys been into any esports events or anything like that? Have you watched anything on Twitch? I've watched. I watched a documentary the other day mm. on Netflix. Was it the Vox one? At, it's, it was a League of Legends one. Yeah. Is it the one? Well, yeah. Okay. And that and it, they had mentioned something that the League of Legends championship mm-hmm. had more views than the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. NBA Finals, yes, and all the other fancy sports stuff out there combined. Yeah. So it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Oh, be, be with billion. Billion. Not million. Not million, billion. Billion. What's the big draw with it? I mean, because it seems like we're just hearing a lot of buzz about it in education. Right now it's kind of taken off. But it, it's obviously been around longer. You've been involved with it longer than we've been hearing about it. So yes. kind of where did it 
can you tell a little bit about where it starts or where, what's happening outside of the education world with esports and how yeah. it's kind of trickling into? So esports has been around, um, and you saw in that documentary, it goes back to the quake days of Pong. Mm -hmm. you, you could technically argue that Pong was the first esport. Um, and esports, in a sense, is just a game that two people play competitively and to win or to achieve some common goal. So Uno could be esports if it was online, because Uno is online now. Um, so basically, it's typically around electronic games, but there are um, esports such as Magic and Hearthstone that are card-based games. Um, but um, esports kind of just envelops all of the nerd things. <laughs> so is that what the E stands for, esports, electronic? Yes. So esports is electronic sports in the sense, but esports has also just become a genre. So genre. it's kind of a multi-use word, but typically, yeah, electronic sports. Okay. I've been hearing a lot about these huge arenas where they have these events. Yeah. I mean, like, so can you talk us through what an event like that would look like? Yeah, so there's actually um, a company that's Esports Arena. They have one in Vegas. Uh -huh. I'm sure you've seen the little pyramid one. Mm -hmm. Not very little. It's actually quite <laughs> that large. Is, that is, what is that? Casino. Yeah. MGM? No. It's near that. But it's a it's an esports arena that is in Vegas and they have multiple locations. There's actually one opening in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. So there's one coming into Arizona near me. Um, but basically they are large buildings that are created for or outfitted with computers, televisions, power, monster, <laughs> anything that you can think of that people come to to game together and celebrate their love for gaming. Typically, there are competitions that can be anywhere. I'm sure you saw that about the Dota International Championship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So prize pools can be anywhere from $100 for a local charity to $25 million. Wow. So Dota International, I'm not sure the exact numbers. I have them somewhere on my computer, but their prize pool for their international circuit um, was in the millions. Don't and know. it's growing and growing every single year. Defense of the Ancients. Is that what that Dota stands for? I'm not sure. I remember, I used to play Warcraft 3. Okay. That's where it started. So that genre game, MOBA, they call it MOBA games. Yes. So, you, so if I can kind of picture it, you've got all of these people connected to computers, mm -hmm. I'm guessing with headsets on, yeah. with mics, because mm -hmm. it's collaborative too, right? Yes. It's not like they're just, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. on the screens by themselves, kind of in isolation. Mm -hmm. So some, some games are one-on-one. -on -one. So StarCraft, for instance, mm -hmm. um, is a strategy-based game where it is just one versus one person. Okay. But typically, the esports that have become popular nowadays are four to six v six people that are competing to all complete a goal. Um, so Overwatch, for example, which I have many Overwatch things here, shameless, um, <laughs> is a six v six shooter where there are different objectives. Characters have different abilities, and they work together to complete those objectives. So one of them is like King of the Hill. Mm -hmm. Who can stand on the point the longest? One of them is you have to escort a cart. Um, for CSGO specifically, it's I think 5v5. Mm -hmm. And um, two people either have to plant a bomb or stop the field from planting a bomb. So they're very simple objectives, but how you can do that is very, right. very intense. And that's where the competition comes in. There's people out of different strategies, different roles. There are people coaching. There's people talking about health and wellness and health. Um, to all just have this one moment of victory. Oh. There's a lot of strategy involved in these games. Yes. So you're saying it takes some skill. Yeah, it, it is yeah. more than just pushing buttons, which many people that right. don't like esports are saying that it's just there to melt your brain, right. think you're just like mm -hmm. zombie, click, click, click. But in reality, it, games take strategy, it takes practice. Um, I know a good few pro players, and they're working from like six to six every day, mm -hmm. 
Um, they're waking up, they're scrimming, they're working out, they're staying, their body and mind is staying healthy, all to, to try and compete and win. Just so. like any team sport out there. Exactly. It's, it's no difference than really just working out so you can be better at soccer or hitting the ball in volleyball so you can spike better. Right. It's just practicing like that. And part of the reason why I think I'm here today is to say that we need to be supporting esports more on a collegiate and high school level. I mean, how could you play volleyball without a volleyball court? How can you play football without a field or a ball? And by not having esports supported, we're, we're giving these kids a harder time to try and achieve their goals. Right. Exactly. So that's one of the things that I said whenever I was trying to advocate for Arizona State to get an esports arena, which we have succeeded in a little bit. But tell us about that, because you, I saw some of that. Yeah. We're, we're, link, we're now Twitter yes. friends. But we Recently. were LinkedIn friends first and that's kind of how we got reconnected mm-hmm. but um you you post a lot on linkedin about the esports community and the work that you're doing with arizona state university to move that forward so tell us about that big win you just had with with the esports of course yeah so arizona state university has for the lack of word been lacking um in the support of esports and given the 1600 people that are in our discord we have been trying and trying for about four years. We're still a pretty young company, company organization, um, working to support our kids. Um, my president, Jacob Matson, he's an Arizona local, so so he's not here. But he and I see our club as like our kids. Um, we see every single one of them as our babies that we want to help support and grow. Neither of us are players that want to go pro, but a lot of our kids do. And so we have been trying and trying again to just be like, you should support us, like give us $50 a week or a month to do something because I pay for the lands, I pay for the pizza, I pay for the decorations, I pay for if a router goes down I have to buy it with my money that I work from hourly wages, that isn't a lot. Uh So after some time I eventually got in contact with my major that I'm currently in digital culture and kind of just like yelled at them until they listened. I was like, hey, please, <laughs> hey, please listen. Yes, yeah. persistence is key when it yeah. comes to esports. And um, they eventually supported us and are giving us a classroom on campus that has 12 computers, TVs, couches, and stuff oh. like that. Um, so it's hopefully going to be done by the end of the semester. We're not sure yet because things take time and money. <laughs> Were they asking you why? Um, they did in the sense of like, why should I support this? And I gave them the example of like, how do you play football without a field in the ball? Yeah. Because by not having even just a space for them to sit together, you're right. actively inhibiting play. Mm-hmm. And especially in young kids at the elementary or high school level, being able to play in more than just like playing something, but being able to embrace yourself in an existence of play is really important for mental health and mental development of these young mm-hmm. kids. That's really that's a good point. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a big sell. It is. Yes. I did I did some studies and in college about the theory of play and that really helps a lot with it. And that's a big topic. Especially in adults too. Oh, you need gosh. to keep your mind active. You, you need go. to keep playing mm-hmm. and keep growing as people. I think that's part of the, the maybe the pushback too that people hear. They think of games, they think of video games in particular mm-hmm. as being a hobby, something that people just do for fun and you do yeah. it when you're young and you're a kid and eventually you grow out of it and you don't do it anymore because you become mature. Yes. So um, how is that? I mean, how do we shift? How do we, how do we address some of that stuff with parents and even educators who are a little reluctant to get on the esports yes. bandwagon, or I don't even call it a bandwagon, but be part of that movement or that push towards 
providing that experience for the kids. My advice for anyone that wants to go into esports, whether you're 5, 15, 50, or 100, is just look it up. Like, go on Google, spend 30 minutes, watch a stream, tune into a live stream, tune into someone on YouTube gaming, and just watch. Because um, almost immediately your misconceptions will be eliminated and you will have clarity what it is. Because most of the time their arguments are, well, all you guys do is sit in your basements and you're all white guys. And it's like, <laughs> well, if you go to an event, you'll actually see that it's a lot of different genders, a lot right. of different sexualities and races and ages. And you're like, oh, immediately you're like, that's not the stigma of that gone. Um, it's basically just letting them take their time to actually realize like, oh, that's kind of dumb what I was thinking. I'm wrong. But getting people to admit that they're wrong is hard. But I just encourage people to do the research. It's just like anything. If you're taking a new medication, you should look up what the medication does. Yeah. So for our viewers, we'll get back into it. Sorry about that no, uh, <laughs> announcement from the library. But so we're just talking about the um, price pools and numbers and stuff regarding esports organizations and leagues and stuff like that. Um, so the Dota 2 International, which we brought up a little earlier, was $24 million was the price pool for their 2017 international circuit. Um, and I believe nowadays it's definitely more than that. Um, it's around $36 million for 2019 for their national how, circuits. How young are these individuals playing in these tournaments? Mm-hmm. For most people, it's anywhere from 18 to 26 is like the prime age for an esports player. Obviously, it can fluctuate depending on the game and the skill level and stuff like so that. But being a millionaire at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's more to say. Once you win the money, then how do you... So most of these players Invest. are yeah. So most of these players are not just uh, as I call like loan agents. They're actually part of organizations that own them and pay them to play, mm-hmm. and then they also get prize money. Right. So that's how the ecosystem is sustained. Right. Is that there are these people um, at the very top that have multiple different games under them, and then players for each of those games. So it's very business structure. Yes. Um, then they support the players and they compete and then they win the money. So it's a Cycle like that, but um, kind of if, if you're interested, checking out the Explained series on Netflix has a great documentary on esports. But it was so, episode season eight. one, episode season eight. one, episode eight of Explained on Netflix. Yeah. Go check it out. Plug for Netflix. Is a yes, not sponsored. It's actually <laughs> just not really sponsored. good. Go. Um, but it's like if the Lakers owned a poker team, um, a soccer team, and a bunch of other teams. So there's teams like Cloud Nine or Team Liquid, which are some notable ones that have teams and. League of Legends, Overwatch, Counter-Strike, Hearthstone, Magic, and they manage all of those teams. But all those teams have content people, all of those teams have managers, and then all of those players have agents and everything like that. And so it just kind of builds this ecosystem that just trickles down. And there's so many different professions or jobs yeah. or roles that are involved in everything you just said. So it's not all about just gamers no. in this industry. There are lots of other jobs. Can you talk a little bit about some of those things and maybe... Um, what you see as like what you would like to go into and how your experience with us has kind yeah. of kind of mapped out your your future course. Yeah, so with esports, um, the jobs can be really anything and majors don't really matter, which is something I find interesting is like people that I've worked with are like aerospace engineers mm-hmm. working in esports content creation. So wow. it really just means like if you have a passion for something, mm-hmm. Make sure that you can prove that you're educated and prove that you you know what you're doing, but you can kind of go into anywhere. So there's like video editing, video content, there's finance, player management, there's players obviously, and those make the most money. 
Um, there's business people, there's like financial heads, social media. social media is a big thing. So, and I think teaching these people these skills of all of it can really make you a jack of all trades mm-hmm. and allow kids to find interests and in things they never really knew existed. I mean, I didn't know that esports existed until I went to college right. and found it. And I think if you give these kids more exposure to it at a younger age, you're just going to get better and better players. I mean, that's how the football how football league stays nice. together. Like, you do good in middle school, you do good in high school, then you get picked up, and then if you get picked up, you go to the big leagues. And it's the same thing that esports would be. I can see, like, uh, you know, when you ask the kids now, like, for a while, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Astronaut. I want to be a, an astronaut. I want to be mm-hmm. a doctor. I want to be a fireman. Then it was like, I want to be a YouTuber. YouTuber. Yeah. And now it's like, I want to be esports. Esports. esports mm-hmm. Gamer or whatever. So... With that said, because when we think about professional mm-hmm. basketball players, football players, I mean, that's highly competitive. Yes. So you don't want to discourage anyone thinking, oh, you know, mm-hmm. don't dream big. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like even if you don't make it into that piece of it, there are other Which is awesome. Because, like, points. typically when you're a player, it's hard to go into something else in basketball because you've spent your whole life playing with the ball. Mm-hmm. But how do you go into business or finance of it? Um, and something that I will say that is kind of an unpopular opinion, but you do need to limit your kids' playtime when they're younger. When they're in the elementary, middle school, you need to make sure as a parent that even if they are really good, they make sure they take breaks, they make sure they exercise, make sure they're eating well, because there is a stigma around no life in a game. Right. Um, and I think some people can kind of get confused in the sense of like, what is practice and what is dedication, but what is too much? Um, I think until you have your own agency as a person getting up until like 16, 17 years old, you should limit your kids' playtime. Right. But being able to have two hours a day of the game mm-hmm. and really practice, or three or four hours a day is really good. Um, but let's say you go semi-pro for Overwatch, there's contenders. You, you compete there, you compete there, and it's just not working out. You could back out and become a coach. You could right. stop, step down as a player, but go into social media mm-hmm. and it's not weird to do that. It's not weird to see that happen. Um, I mean, specifically with the Overwatch League, a player from the Houston team, Go Outlaws, um, was his name was Jake, and he was a star player. Really, like, pretty boy, really good. He actually moved into casting an analyst this year. He stopped playing and moved into that. And it was a seamless transition, and he's doing great. So there's areas that you can kind of grow and develop yourself as a person and your career. So it's very sustainable, to, despite most people thinking it's only for, like, five years. The most, one of the most exciting things to watch are the shoutcasters yes. and the analysts getting into the strategy behind the game. Mm-hmm. He said, from a player, you understand how the game works, and then you can be the analyst and the, from the camera to explain to the audience what's going on. Yeah, it's like the loud dad at football saying, run down the You're field! You're right, yeah. Right. And we see that happen all the time in, in the NBA and the NFL. These former players mm-hmm. have moved into this broadcast yeah. type of role, and they're like the commentators yeah. over the games now. So I think... There's a, there's a lot to be done in the industry of esports. It's not just about playing the game. Right. Mm-hmm. It's right. really cool. So um, you mentioned social media a second ago. Yes. And I, I mentioned how we've stayed connected yes. the last few years via LinkedIn, social media. So how do you use social media mm-hmm. to kind of move the esports mm-hmm. um, passion yes. that you have forward? And then do you recommend that mm-hmm. for even high school students? Mm-hmm. Social media is hard. It's very much so a double-ended sword, double-sided coin, whatever you want to say. But it, it's a blessing, and it's also a curse in many ways. 
Um, screen addiction is still a very big issue, but with esports in particular, it is very, 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 very important to build yourself as a brand and to build yourself as a brand very, very early on. And I attribute some of my success to having a following that knows what I do. I'm posting about what I do, where I'm going, meeting up with people. Um, and as a player or even as someone else, you need to have a social media presence to show that like, hey, I'm alive. I'm actually doing things over here. Even if you're not doing a lot, like make yourself look cool. And I think especially for those that want to go into professional gaming, specifically on the player side, you need to have like tons of photos of yourself saying like, hey, I'm at this event doing this thing, or I need to post graphics or clips of you playing. Um, as you get to the younger ages, it's really hard, especially with like the terms of first service being like 13 plus for Twitter. Um, I typically use Twitter. I find that esports is more centralized on Twitter than Instagram, since we're talking more than photos, per se. So I recommend being active on Twitter, talking to people, following people, DM people. Um, I think the biggest thing in esports is to reach out to people on social media. Even if you have no idea who they are and they don't know you, just being like, hey, I need your help. Or like, I like your stuff, how can you help me? Or how can I help you? Um, and being able to be confident enough to do that is important. We've gotten a lot of guests on the show from DMing them mm-hmm. on Twitter, and that's how we got you yeah. on here, but although I knew you before, but still. still. But still, I mean, and I think you've mentioned a lot about risk-taking. Yes. And you, you can't be afraid, and that's something that... It's hard. It's, hard. it's really hard. Um, and with esports especially, it, it is very difficult. Um, I have never known at one point where my career was going to take me. Um, I started in twenty seven, around 2018, I believe, early 2018, and had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I had no past experience with professional esports. I gamed, I was playing like Modern Warfare 2 on 360. (laughs) I wasn't doing it very well. My brother was good. Um, But just throwing yourself into an abyss and hoping that you catch yourself is kind of how I see esports as. And especially with players, I've had friends from Australia just play and hope Mm -hmm. that they get to America. And sometimes they do. Sometimes I don't, but in esports, shoot your shot is definitely something that I, I live by. Just like, make sure you build yourself up, you have a portfolio to back you of some sort, and just send send a job request, even if you don't think you'll get it. Just send it out there, get some words, go to events, make business cards, please. Anyone watching this, please make business cards. <laughs> it is so useful, even if, even if you're younger. Even just saying, like, I'm a high school kid looking for work. They still need interns. You guys need interns. Yeah. Shayla's plug. <laughs> Where's intern Blake? <laughs> but just, just trying. Just do everything and anything that you're comfortable with. Because like the worst that you can get is no, and the best you can get is yes. Yeah. yeah. The advice you're giving everyone, us too, not just translates not just esports, it's but anything, anything in life. Anything. anything in life, especially I mean, like with football. If you really wanted to go into shout casting for football, mm-hmm. do esports things. Get your shout casting up. Maybe you could transition to that field, but. It's really just no different than normal sports. And yeah, we're not moving a lot, but you have to be a healthy person to game. Right. Like making sure your eyes aren't getting strained, mm-hmm. making sure that you don't get carpal tunnel or arthritis as, as a young person, and trying to make your mind healthy. I mean, did you see there's um, the Grandma Gamer? Mm-hmm. Yes, you Skyrim, right? She yeah. Skyrim. Mm-hmm. So do you know about that or no? Yeah. Tell us, tell us. No, you can... She's got like, I don't know, almost a million followers on YouTube. Does she really? And she plays Skyrim. Like her grandson taught yeah. her the game, showed her the game. That is awesome. And it's, it was the cutest video. And she, here she is, she's like observing the trees and the birds she's that like, fly around. She's like, I love the mountains and the flowers yeah. you can pick. So and she's probably, she's like 70 to 80 years right? old. Yeah. Like, she's That's older. Amazing. 
and she gets into the game too. She's like screaming at the computer. But it's for all ages. Right. I mean, like esports is, is hard as a competitive player, but you can game forever. Right. Like at some point, you have to stop playing football. Right. At some point, you've had too many concussions that you need to stop playing. But like, it keeps your mind sharp. That's and, a really good point. Mm-hmm. That is a really good point. Just don't. It keeps you young. Yeah. And there's a game for everyone. Oh. There's so many games out there. Right. That you'll find your niche. Something that appeals to you. Yeah. Yeah. And people can kind of say weird things, but if all you play is Animal Crossing, New Horizons is coming soon. coming out. Right. Soon, soon. Uh, Yeah. Are you getting the new Switch? I'm not. (laughs) I'm like tempted (laughs) just to get the new Switch just for that. But gaming isn't just Call of Duty or Halo or CSGO. Like, if you play Animal Crossing 24 hours a day, you're a gamer. Right. If you play Minecraft 24 hours a day, you're a gamer. If you play Nintendog still, right. <laughs> like the DS1, you're a gamer. So just brand yourself. Get yourself out on social media as a gamer fun. playing this. Right. But, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. I used to play League of Legends yes. when it first came out. Maybe 10 years ago, maybe? Yeah. And I like I had like 2,000 games logged, but I left the game. And you know why? Because mm-hmm. the community was just so toxic. Especially in leagues. Especially in leagues. So, yes. how are people, how are industries tackling the toxicity mm-hmm. in online gaming? Yeah. Good question. Um, so, specifically with players, they are bound by contract if you can't be a mean person. So, if you are playing for an organization and you curse out a little kid, you have the risk of being fired. And right. e- even if I was to go on social media and badmouth someone, like, I would have the risk of being in trouble with the company that I work for. So it's kind of hard to tackle when it is like not professional scenes and it's just your your comp games because people are going to get mad. People are flame. Um, But with the professional esports world, it is very warned against and there have been many people fired for getting mad in games or getting mad on social media to the point that people are like, we don't want you representing the company. Again, just comparing it back to regular sports. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. There are all these guidelines. It's like you, mm-hmm. you can't overstep your bounds. You're going to get fined. Yeah, you may get suspended. Mm-hmm. You may get kicked out of the game. You got to be a good person. You right. got to be. You got to handle the responsibility. I know right. in um, LCS, so the League of Legends competitive league, um, if you take your headset headset off too early, it's a five hundred dollar fine. Wow. wow. If you go a certain direction or whatever, you can get fined. If you're late to the set, you can get fined. So it's the same thing as like. If you go to basketball and you forget your jersey, you can get in right. trouble. Like, if you go off bounds, you can get in trouble. Right. So, once again, it's, it's just like normal thing. sports. It's a serious thing. It's totally serious. Do you have an esport, uh, I wouldn't call him a hero, but is there someone that you, like, really look up to in the esports industry, a player that's just like, wow, this guy, this girl? Not really. I don't really have anyone that I look up to, which sounds really bad. And, like, I'm the best person I know. <laughs> um, which... <laughs> I I like to just be my best self and make myself proud at the end of the day, and I don't care what anyone else says. Um, obviously, I like look up to people that are successful, but at the end of the day, I just want to be happy with what I put out. I want to be myself on social media. I try not to have a front, um, and my favorite person is me. I'm really proud of myself, oh. so I, tr- I try to just be, make yourself proud. Play that many games to make yourself feel better. Like... Just be yourself, because people are going to hire you. They want to hire people. They don't want to hire bots. Right. Mm-hmm. So have a personality. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to be yourself, because people will like you most likely. And if you don't, no, don't work on it. Okay. <laughs> You'll work on it. Yeah. There, there's going to be a game or a community that works for you. Gosh. 
I love how you just said that. And what a role model, I think, <laughs> for, for other people that are out there trying to pursue mm-hmm. this type of career. Or maybe they don't even think it could potentially be a career, and they're just having fun playing the games. Yeah. I think that you've said a lot of really great things for um, for people to take to heart. I did have, I want to go back real quick to one other thing. Of course. With money, okay? So we talk about esports competitively, and there's mm-hmm. money to be made. There's also money with high school esports in terms yes. of scholarships. Yes. So we've been hearing that a lot, and I think that's kind of where people in, in K-12 oh are like, hmm, okay, scholarships associated with this? Is this legit? Is this for real? Yeah. What, do you, what do you know about that or her? Yeah, so unfortunately, ASU doesn't offer scholarships because it's club-funded by my pockets. Um, <laughs> but, so I also run the social medias for the club, and I probably get 15 people a month DMing me asking, hey, I'm from so-and-so place, I played this game, I'm this rank, I really want to go to college, like I'm a first-generation college kid, can I please get a scholarship for esports? And I have to turn them away and say that I can't. And it's heartbreaking because there's some stories that I've read of people from other countries that are trying to get out of these, in, in like, in poverty places to play games, and I have to say no, unfortunately, but there are some colleges like Harrisburg, Maryville, UCI, um, great people, I've worked with them, that do offer full-ride scholarships to their universities to play certain games, or like half-ride, but still a lot of right, money yeah. when you're going to college, especially for people yes. that may not have enough money or may not qualify for financial aid. But there are scholarship options, and there are growing scholarship opportunities as universities realize that these kids are STEM majors, most likely. They are your maths and sciences and engineering. They want us. They want esports kids because we have sharp minds, we have good reflexes, and if you keep kids in school with scholarships, you're gonna have a great esports team. You're gonna win stuff. Like the the biggest things people are like, college esports kids just leave after three years to get a full time job. And I was like, if you contract them into a scholarship, they will stay. Right. Right. So definitely like let your kid play Fortnite every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's possible that in two three years you could get a full ride scholarship to university. Yeah, and, and who even knows what type of opportunity it can um, open up for them, even if it's not that. Exactly. Right? Because they're learning, you, you mentioned earlier about all the skills that are involved with, with playing these games and getting better in the strategy. That's going to transfer into other things. It just will. For sure. Um, I mean, even if it's not esports, time management, learning how to work as a team, mm-hmm. learning yourself boundaries, learning what you can do, finding your own passion within the game, just, it's real life stuff. Being able yeah. to work with a team is the hardest thing in college because you can be put in group projects right. that yeah. you really don't want to do. <laughs> real life. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag real life right there. That's um, awesome. And I, I think a lot of these kids, especially my kids in esports for ASU, I've known a lot of them to struggle with depression, to struggle with suicide, to struggle with not feeling like they can live or have something to do. And esports is their thing. Esports is the thing that keeps them grounded. Um, which makes me teary thinking about it because so many kids have been like, I've been so lost, I've had no friends, and then I came to this club, and now I have a partner, now I'm dating someone, now I feel like I have a a passion to be here in esports. And there's stories like that all over the country, all over the world, of people that find themselves. I mean, my best friend is my president, Jake. Like, he he also got an internship, and we're traveling together this summer. So, like, it has made relationships for me that will last forever. They find it a place. They don't have to, like, fit into a certain mold. Exactly. That's been, like, preset for them. Mm-hmm. It's like they can be themselves, truly. Yeah. And then they feel like they have this place right. to, and they're fulfilling a purpose. Yeah, and, and I have noticed we opened an esports mm-hmm. team on our campus. 
you've got the kids who don't really typically join any extracurricular activity, but then you also have students who are in football or basketball. That like it too. Like it too. So now they're becoming friends and the whole social exactly. aspect behind it. So it, it's great for the it's body. It's like mind, that whole soul. LA Lakers thing you mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's like it's not just about basketball, then. It's yeah. like there's so many it's other whole things community. happening and everything together. I love that. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of things going on for esports, and I, I see it's going to grow it does. exponential curve. Sure. I, was, I was a doubter at first. Yeah. It's like, Game. It is it's just weird. about gaming, but right. then like there's a whole ecosystem umbrella that keeps it afloat. The yeah, business aspect, sure. the content creation, and that's what um, I think like high schools who want to open it have to realize. It's more than just gaming. There's a lot to it, more than that. You're at the end of your college yes. experience. I am. But not the end of Esports. all of exactly everything yeah. to do with esports and I feel like your greater purpose. Even. Yeah for impact. So you want to tell us anything we should know about what your plans are for the future? Yeah, um, totally. It's super exciting. So I did go to Arizona State. I'm actually moving after the semester to pursue a job in esports. I can't say where, who, with, but soon TM. Um, <laughs> but I, from the work that I did with ASU and the stuff that I attended, I, I'm 20 years old and I have a full-time job. So yeah, I'm coming back um, after school and we'll see what I can do. But yeah, I'm finishing my degree online because education is still important, regardless of what people mm-hmm. say. You should definitely try and get your degree if possible, but also working and getting your experience is really good. So that's what I plan to do. Wow. Well, I know you're going to be great. Successful. Thank you. Day. And I that hope. AV, that AV, uh, those AV classes served you well. <laughs> yes. High school, man. So um, also, thank you so much, Danny, of for joining us. And um, this was, we'll be tweeting about you. Of course. We took some great shots before when we were setting up. Of, of, of Danny giving Daryl some tips on lighting and camera <laughs> angles and such. But anyway, that's a wrap for season two, episode seven. seven. Good job. And so we will see you next time on the Flipping, Flipping Good, Good Side, Side of Tech. tech.